Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks for February 19th, 2016. I am Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. How's it going, Brian? Are you back from the lovely land of Hawaii? I am back and it sucks. <laughs> well, I'm sure. There's nothing good about being back. Especially because you went back to Santa Monica. <laughs> you know, oh, I, I don't mind Santa Monica so much. It's it's nice. I, I'm near a beach again. It's just I also have to deal with work and crappy contractors who you know, contractors in the digital and and professional realm are as crappy as contractors in the fix your plumbing realm. So, yeah. Uh, well, we're contractors, so yes, but you <laughs> watch know, out there. You and I actually follow through and respond and don't bail on projects like many other people do. Oh, uh, somebody, yeah. somebody's having a bad day. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's not the best week. But hey, yeah. here we are. No, I woke Woo. up. I, w- I woke up to a flat tire, which uh, you know what? All things considered, I'm okay with. That's true. Maybe if you had a Prius. <laughs> no, <laughs> Prius still have tires. Doesn't matter. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's tires. Uh, I do want a little. Uh, speaking of cars, I want to do a little follow up on the lift thing last week. Some people may notice that the video that I was talking about is not on the interwebs. Gee, I wonder why that came down. Uh, well, you know what? Since you're so smart, you tell me. I don't know. I'd guess that they probably rectified the situation with you and you didn't want to be a dick. No, oh, absolutely okay. not. I've never heard back from Lyft. Their safety division never got back to me, period. Shocking. I didn't follow up with them because uh, I talked to a, a good friend of mine who kind of said, you know what? There's one problem with you right now going after this guy. Um, you know nothing about him. <laughs> he knows everything about you. Oh, so paranoia. No, just it, common sense. It's, okay. it's just common sense. Because this guy, you know, obviously an immigrant who <laughs> was screaming at me in Spanish, wearing camos. So who knows where he came from? He could have been in the Guatemalan army for all I know. Okay. Um, but the fact is that I don't live alone. So I have a roommate. We have pets. So it's not just me that I would have to worry about. You know, if it was just me in an apartment, I'd be like, yeah, screw this guy. I'll do whatever I want to do. But it's, it's, I'd, I'd be putting somebody else at risk just because, you know, if I get this guy fired, who knows what he's going to do. Okay. So are, are you, are we not following up anymore? Are we just letting it go? Uh, for this one? Because here's the deal. I wasn't physically harmed. I was emotionally traumatized. I thought the guy tried what? to run you over. Uh, See, I'd yes, be following but, up on this. But I wasn't actually harmed. If he'd have hit me, absolutely. We'd be in court right now. Um, Yes, it was, it was annoying. It was obnoxious. He was an asshole. I don't want to really like just go down that rabbit hole for that. So, well, I assume you're no longer going to use Lyft. Hell no. Okay, fine. I'm sure in two months when you tell me about a Lyft journey you took, I'm going to get mad at you. The only reason that I didn't, the only reason I ever took Lyft in the beginning was because my Uber app broke and now Uber's back and now my car's broken. So I have to (laughs) use Uber to get to go get my car. Okay. All this stuff. But anyway, it's a pain. Mm-hmm. But that's why I just, it, it was, it's honestly, it's just, you know, he knows, he knows my home address. He, that's where he was taking me. So he's got that. Okay. And moving on. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I went to Tim Ferriss's live event, which I mentioned last week. Yes. In, during the live event, he was giving away uh, gift cards for $50 to uh, start up a donors choose account. Okay. I've been a donors choose fan for over, I mean, since they started, I've, I've donated over $10,000 to them, but now I've got this $50 gift card. So 
what I want to do is give it away to a listener. Okay. So we need to come up with a contest on the spot. Oh, well, that's awesome, Jason. <laughs> come on, man. Put your thinking cap on. This is great pod. Let's, uh, let's have a big pause while we come up with something. <laughs> uh, I, 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 fuck, I don't know. I think, Brian, that we should do a tagline giveaway. Okay. For Donors Choose. And Donors Choose is a charity that gives basically school supplies to classrooms in need. So if a teacher can't really get the school supplies she wants to actually teach her class because we live in a goddamn third world country now, uh-huh. uh, you can donate to specific classroom needs. And at the end of the, the program, the kids send you thank you notes, which is Aww. really cool. I've got a stack like at least a foot high of all the notes that kids have sent me over the years. And it's really kind of cool. So it's like, I really want to get people into this, but you know, our tagline's kind of stale. I think maybe we can use a new one. So the person, okay. the person to send us the best tagline, uh, you can send it to us on what, what do we get? Twitter, Facebook, which we never check. Uh, the uh, website, the website, uh, Patreon. Um, uh, what else we got? I think that's about it. That's enough. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> you can get to so that's enough ways to get in touch with us. Yeah. Come up with a cool tagline. We may or may not use it, but uh, definitely the funniest one will probably win because that's the way we roll. And uh, then you'll get a gift card and you could do something really nice. Yeah, we'll mention the, the winner on the next show. So get us, get us those things by, what do you say, Wednesday? Yeah, I'd say Wednesday's good. All right, and that would be Wednesday, February uh, 24th. Yeah, the 24th. Awesome. So get on that, people. Indeed. And I, you know, we've been talking about the Internet of Things, which we'll talk yes. about a little bit more in here, but there's an awesome article by Bruce Schneier in Forbes. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you get a chance to read this? I did, I did. It's called it's- The Internet of Things Will Be the World's Biggest Robot. Yes, and uh, by and large, he says it'll be a benign robot, but I just see the Terminator. I know. <laughs> it's, it's after all the stuff we talked about. It's it's really hard to not think that it's going to be terrifyingly bad. But no, uh, I'm you know it's this is a very nice uh, best case scenario. Here's what the wonderful world we could have if uh, all this comes together. The problem is, as you and I know, the Internet of Things is certainly not ready for prime time, and there's massive security issues that uh, I don't really see any way to kind of fix. Yeah, you know, they can be fixed. They just, people just got to fix them. (laughs) We know, we know how well that works. I know. Tell (laughs) me about it. Yeah. In the news. We have additional Grumpy Old Geeks breaking news. If you use the Grumpy Old Geeks app and prefer to listen to the show that way, you may have noticed it hasn't been working recently. Well, version 2.0 is ready thanks to friend of the show, Trent Hamilton. So get on it, upgrade, and you can now listen to the show again via our own Grumpy Old Geeks app, which has a new user interface and an ugly yellow color. <laughs> Why do you think it's ugly? I don't know. It just bothered me. I know he grabbed it from the uh, emoticon thingies, but... uh <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it is, hey, hey, here's the deal. It works. Yeah, it works. So <laughs> that's good. And I do like the new user interface. It's quite nice. So yeah, get on that. It's a good way to listen to our show. Yeah, he did a bunch of really cool stuff with that little grid that pops up at the beginning, you know, all yeah. the animations and everything. That's all like uh, algorithmically generated. Woohoo. Yeah. We love, we love algorithms. Yeah. Trent's a smart guy. And yes, we, appreciate, we appreciate the fact that we've never paid him a dime for this. <laughs> that too. <laughs> So if you want to go pay him a dime to build your app, uh, his link will be in the show notes. It's animated.com, but you can't really spell it because he yeah. did some kind of web 2.0 shit with it. He actually yeah. put too many vowels in it. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, anal-mated. 
<laughs> okay, so in see now the the news this week is kind of sad. Um, Why is that? Stephen Fry has quit Twitter. Oh no! Oh no! No Twitter. I you know I love Stephen Fry a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he's an amazingly funny guy. But I actually had to stop following him on Twitter because he was so just uh, just chatty. He's a chatty yeah. Kathy. Well, he's a bit like uh, Michael Moore. Like I couldn't follow him anymore because it was just way too much. So he has now quit because uh, <laughs> these uh, these comments over uh, a BAFTA uh, controversy, which he called the uh, what's her name? Um, uh, was it Jen- Jenny Beaven? Jenny Beaven, yes. Jenny Beaven. He called her a bag lady, even though she had won the award for co- best costume designer. Which it was, was funny. It was, it was a yes. joke. And he also made fun of himself in the same post. He called himself the outrageous, uh, outrageous misogynist swine. Yeah. I, it, this whole thing. It's is Stephen just, Fry, who is very funny and makes jokes. He's a comedian. This is the world we are now living in. This is why uh, John Cleese has now come out and said he refuses to play any universities anymore because everything has just gotten way too politically correct and nobody can take a fucking joke anymore. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. And And she wasn't offended. So this is the problem I have with Twitter. If the person themselves isn't offended, who the fuck are you to be offended for them? Exactly. Yeah, just shut up. And this is why I'm not on Twitter. If a tweet falls on the internet and no one is offended, does it Uh, actually tweet? Yeah, well, Stephen Fry will come back. This is not the first time he's quit. He will hopefully be back so you can get, well, you don't follow him anyway. So what does it matter? (laughs) I would rather him stop tweeting and actually go and you know, make good television, which is what he's really good at, or good films or, or, or write books. books or, yeah, uh, write books. His books are highly enjoyable. Yeah, I do wish that, uh, I mean, unfortunately, this is part of being a creative person now is you have to promote your brand yeah. everywhere possible. I would prefer that people focused on actually doing the things that they do that I enjoy. It's like when you watch Real Time with Bill Maher and you know that there's going to be the overtime thing or you, you know, all these poor people that, do their wonderful TV shows and then have to actually sit there live when they broadcast and be on Twitter to answer questions. Who gives a fuck? How about you just make the cool content? Yeah, seriously, go write something new. Exactly. <laughs> and there's a follow-up on this one uh, from the Harvard Business Review. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason Twitter's losing active users. Now, well. <laughs> there's a gazillion reasons for yes. that. <laughs> but this was just an interesting read, I thought, I because it, it's like, if we're going to fix Twitter or anything else, we must put people's well-being before our own institutional performance because the former drives the latter. Okay. Um, yeah, it's basically him saying, uh, people suck on the internet, so, you know, be excellent to each other. And then Twitter will fix itself. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No, it's not. I mean, Twitter was tailor-made, unfortunately, for the kind of abuse that we're talking about. I mean, it's even more of a, a perfect venue for it than than comment sections. It's anonymous, and you can tweet to anyone, and it's uh, even, and you can just be a dick. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, people are. And the funny thing is about this, it, it still drives me nuts that everybody's like, oh, there's bullying on Twitter. Twitter's terrible. People are being, you know, me, 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 me. Go read a single YouTube comment. You can pick any YouTube comment at random. It is worse than anything I've ever seen on Twitter. That's very true. And it's one of the reasons that I do like Facebook. I mean, at least Facebook is tying you directly to an identity. And it does cause people to be somewhat slightly better human beings. (laughs) Slightly. Slightly. You know, it's not great. Uh, And speaking of Facebook, I think I mentioned that I was working on an instant, uh, instant, what the hell are they called again? Instant article uh, project for a publisher and Facebook has actually now announced that uh, they're ready to open this up to basically every publisher in the world. Um, This is the instant articles in case you didn't know is a bit of um, craziness that Facebook is doing to basically host all content. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah, the theory is that they bring it up faster because they're connected to everything and they have better connections than you do. And to increase the Facebook user experience, this is a good thing because as soon as you click on something, it appears really, really fast. Uh, the you know other idea basically being they get to keep all the they, – they are owning and, and publishing the content themselves. And uh, they have some built-in ad solutions that they would like you to use. Obviously, um, but they are going to open this up to everyone in theory. However, they do not define what a publisher is, which is very important in this day and age because basically everyone is a publisher. So, if I have my own blog, does that mean I get to use instant articles? Seem- Nobody is really answering that question. It seemed like it. It was leaning in that direction. It does seem that it's leaning in that direction, but there is no actual real response or clarification on that yet, which will be interesting because if that is the case, then you will be able to publish on Facebook and basically tap into their ad system. And basically, uh, you could basically just try to start making some revenue. We could actually post our show notes and put in little Facebook ads if we wanted to, Jason. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know how I feel about this kind of thing. I'm like, if you don't own the platform that you're publishing on, then you you basically give up. Now, now yeah, you got what, me what? saying basically every. You, you said basically like 18 times that last sentence. Now I'm well, stuck in it. Whatever. You, get, you give up your 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 rights uh, to to yeah. piss and moan about not making any money if you're giving away your content to somebody else to you know profit from. Yeah. How does it feel to be a luddite, Jason? I'm not a Luddite. I'm just a realist. I'd I'd rather have my own website. The world has moved on. Of course it has. Nobody cares about your personal website. (laughs) Somebody's got something up their butt today. Anyway, Facebook plans to put ads in Messenger. Speaking of ads and Mm -hmm. things that people don't like, uh, you don't use Messenger. Am I correct? Uh, Did you finally give up the ghost and move on? No, I've never not used it. It's just not my preferred method of communication. I feel that Facebook Messenger gets lost in the shuffle a lot of the time. And if it's something that's really important, you probably shouldn't write me that way. And I found that actually people, my messages to people also tends to get lost in the shuffle. I think it's just one of those uh, third tier, fourth tier communication mediums, unless it is your primary one. Um, You know, email is preferable, especially for work related things. Yeah, no, yeah. If it's work-related and people are sending you stuff on Facebook, that's ridiculous. Well, it happens. I know it does. I, it, yeah. It's still ridiculous, and I tell everybody, I'm like, do not do that. Yeah, and so you- I, I'm okay with Messenger. I think it's fine. Uh, I, I have a couple of friends that that's basically the best way to get a hold of them, which I find weird, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I mean, it, I, there are definitely friends who are reply faster on Messenger than even a text message or a phone yeah. call or, or voicemail or an email. Yeah, it's actually, like, friend of the show, Fergal, who co-hosted with me one time when you, when you weren't available, that's the, the primary method to get a hold of him. If I text him or send him a Facebook messenger, he will reply on messenger way earlier. Yeah, also, same same with friend of the show, Dr. Teeter. He's like, yep. don't text me. Don't text <laughs> me, bro. <laughs> but, so that we're going to have ads in messenger coming up, and this is for companies who you have voluntarily uh, broken the seal with and written to first. Uh, what is, is that the, you have to write them on messenger first, or do you just have to say like them on Facebook? It seemed like you have to talk to them on messenger first. Like you have to send them. I've never, ever spoken to a company on messenger. So exactly. (laughs) in theory, this will not affect me, but I am willing to bet this will slide into if you like them on Facebook. Of course. It's always, it's a, it's a slippery slope. 
Yes, yes, or, it always is. Or a Criscoed rooftop or whatever the hell you want to call it. Criscoed rooftop. Okay, um, we're bouncing around a little bit, but this actually fits in a little bit better here, so I'll mention this really quickly. Uh, Cosmopolitan editor Joanna Coles uh, recently did an interview where she was asked about publishing to Snapchat, since we're talking about uh, sending your content out to other people to own. And she uh, had a really basically the same attitude that I think most people have right now. Uh, fuck it. If it doesn't work, who cares? We'll at least try it. Yeah, what do I got to lose? <laughs> exactly. And what we're increasingly discovering is it's worked for them because uh, the younger generation doesn't give a shit about Twitter, doesn't give a shit about Facebook. They're all on Snapchat. And yeah, <laughs> no. So it is the de facto new social network for at least the millennials. And here's the interesting thing. I've actually checked out the Discover section on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. It's pretty entertaining. It's not bad. It's a no, good, it's not. It's uh, people are putting out some good content, and this is an interesting format to do it. And at least they're not following the you know, basically standard way that other people are using it. They're not drawing words on things like this is an important story, uh, arrow, 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 or anything like that. It's a decent content distribution medium. So, yeah, yeah no, it's 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 actually kind of fun. And they now, pardon the pun, they're in poop sized nuggets. So if you want to sit yeah. on the sit on the crapper and, and go through a different channel stories. You can do it, you know, kind of yeah, in one load. None of this is long form or in depth. <laughs> it is very straightforward. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, <clears throat> moving on, <laughs> moving on. Anyways, uh, apparently we, uh, the global chip industry is readying itself for a future beyond Moore's law. Uh, we Moore's law. If you're listening to this, you know what the fuck that is. Uh, everybody's been predicting the death of it for a long time now because you can only shrimp it, shrink yeah, shrimp. I'm hungry apparently. Yeah, because physics. That's why yeah, Moore's law. Yeah, because physics. Uh, so they're trying to figure out what's going to be next. And so far, they still think they're going to be able to uh, to keep with it at least for a while. Yeah, we're at 14 nanometers, and they're thinking they can get down to five. But after five is when things get really dicey. So yeah, it's like another 10 or 12 years. That's when we really need to uh, advance the physics before we can do anything else. Mm, so we shall see what happens. <laughs> uh, and Spotify is making an interesting move in terms of advertising. Uh, this is particularly in Canada at the moment. They haven't done it in the U.S. right now. But instead of going with a third-party, you know, internet-based ad solution, they're starting to reach out to local radio people. You mean like what Pandora has done for like a decade? <laughs> yep. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so Spotify is going to try to do that now as well, which we shall see. I spoke to a friend of the show that is actually uh, deeply involved in the industry, and he said there's no way this is going to work out for them. But we'll see. Yeah, I don't know if you know if it's worked out for Pandora. Um, well, no, it hasn't. So. The interesting thing is because since I play Pandora all day long, I do get local advertising because I'm, I'm like, I put in my zip code. I'm like, if I want to listen to an ad, I don't want to listen to an ad from, you know, Sheboygan. I want to hear actually, something locally. I do enjoy those. I, I like listening to ads from other places. You hear about like restaurant chains that you've never heard of before. It can be kind of fun, but after a while you, it gets kind of boring. But like I know every car dealership within a f like 50 mile radius who's having a President's Day sale this week. I know all the <laughs> furniture stores that are having uh, sales. It's, it's, you know, if you got to listen to it, because the downside with Pandora is if you sign up for, if you pay them money to get right. their high quality, no advertising stream, right, uh, does not work with a Sonos. <laughs> absolutely does not work with the Sonos because the Sonos can't handle the high quality stream. So I wasted money. I gave the money for no ads, but I can, can only play the ad version. <laughs> oh, well, how's that? <laughs> I don't know. But I, in this article, um, my favorite part was, uh, this guy, Les Hollander. He's got the, he's got a very bizarre job title, global head of audio monetization. 
Uh, yeah. You work for Spotify. I think you can probably drop the audio out of your job title. Well, you know, no, they, they might want to move into video too. Maybe they're going to sell t-shirts. Maybe. <laughs> oh man. Um, and I saw this one this morning, which just kind of, it's a head scratcher. I haven't followed up that much yet. So, you know, your mileage may vary on this, but Hillary Clinton's top donor just bought the onion and started pro- publishing Hillary specific propaganda immediately. Yeah, this is from the freethoughtproject.com, so take it with a your, grain of salt. Your mileage may vary <laughs> on this one. This could be total bullshit, but I just haven't had time to do the, uh, the due diligence on it. Well, to be fair, I do tend to look at The Onion every single day, and as far as I can tell, uh, there's an even distribution of who they're shitting on still. Okay, good. Phew. Yeah. I, I don't worry about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> Security? Ha! Now, the big brouhaha this week is finally uh, Apple has laid down the law and they're uh, they're saying <laughs> no to the U.S. government who's saying uh, you're going to build a backdoor. And right. they're saying, nope, nope, nope. No, we are not. So we will we'll see what happens with this. This is uh, this will be the big deal. It's uh, the final battle, as it were. Or I don't privacy. know if it's the final battle, but it's the, it's, it's actually well, the, it's start. the first shot. How's yeah, that? <laughs> this is the start of the war. Tim Cook's letter to uh, the customers of Apple just laying out the case for why they're not going to, to do this mm-hmm. or the government is, you know, it's compelling. It makes sense. And we yep. we obviously agree with it. Oh, yeah, definitely. hundred percent. We can't. We, no, we cannot allow this to happen. If this happens, forget it. Game over. Yeah. Even Congressman Ted Lieu, who is uh, one of the very few people in government with a computer science degree has, or any understanding whatsoever yes, has also come out and said, no, 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 no. Bad idea. Bad idea. Bad idea. Everybody knows this is a bad idea except yeah. law enforcement who are just like, we don't care. We want it. Give it yeah. to us. Yes. And I mean, what are they, what, what's the law that they're coming up with? Something from like the 1700s, something like that, which yeah. is ridiculous. I mean, yeah, this is the first shot in the war. This is going to be a very, very big deal. So we're going to have to follow this one very closely. Um, this could be very bad. No, it could be, yeah. yeah. So we will see. We'll see yeah. what happens. Uh, but, you know, thankfully for the government, they have uh, John McAfee uh, working for them, apparently. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. He's, oh, he's not, offering to help. I'm he sorry. He's offering to help. He says, hey, yeah, man, I'll decrypt that phone. Give me three months. I'll take it. <laughs> Was it three months or three weeks? It, it was either something. Um, but it's going to take time because you have to kind of very yeah. slowly brute force it because the phone is set to delete on 10, yeah. you know, 10 attempts. Yep. So you have to do 10 attempts, turn it off, turn it back on do or nine attempts, turn it off, turn it back on nine more, turn it off, turn it back on. Yes. <laughs> there, and yeah. we've actually covered, covered, uh, systems that they've made so far that will, can actually tr- try and bypass that. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't yeah, know why they're not just using that. I, I'm not sure why they're not using that either. It's uh oh, by the way, the, uh, the 1789, it was the All Ritz Act is yes. the specific thing that they're trying to uh, use to place a backdoor. Uh, what I particularly like about the letter that he wrote is uh, he will, he says, we will primarily use social engineering. Unfortunately, the people that uh, the phone is from are dead. So I'm not <laughs> yeah, I know. sure what he's going to be doing there. Uh, and the final sentence of his letter that he wrote to the FBI, if you doubt my credentials, Google cybersecurity legend and see whose name is the only name that appears in the first 10 results out of more than a quarter of a million. I okay. love this. 
I love this guy. No, he's got he's got he's got cojones. He's not going to yeah. be president, but no, no, no. And uh, the winner of the most brilliant article written about this entire thing, uh, link is in our show notes, uh, bfnn.co.uk. Uh, the FBI asked you two how they managed to get into everyone's iPhone. <laughs> so now, if you really want to figure out a way uh, to hack into an iPhone, I guess you would ask you two. Oh, that's great. Now, see, if the Onion posted that, then I, I wouldn't be worried that they were going away. But that's that's pretty good. Yeah, it's very funny. Good time. Oh man. So, uh, moving on with real security. Uh, not really. Okay. Uh, so, um, Internet of Things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we, as we keep saying, we're gonna we're just gonna pound this into everybody every week, and maybe they'll take note or not. Who knows? Um, Yes, uh, U.S. intelligence chief says we might use the Internet of Things to spy on you. I think oh. the, the only thing wrong with this title, this comes from The Guardian, is the use of the word might. Yeah, might is a, an interesting addition there. I suppose a, that was to keep them out of trouble. Yes, it will be. We will use the Internet of Things to spy yeah. on you. Yeah, you don't, you don't need to worry about any cracking into an iPhone with the Internet of Things. You can just walk right in. Obviously, because we already know about the security systems where you can turn them off and Walk in, break a window, come in the house and be gone. And the security system doesn't know the difference. Um, <laughs> there's all sorts of problems with this. And it's funny. I just had to get a new TV and it was difficult finding a non-smart, decent sized TV nowadays. Uh, there aren't many out there. Um, no. Yes. No, I do not want Wi-Fi or even an Ethernet port in my TV. Well, that's your, yeah, good luck. Again. Oh, I got one. I got, I got, it It actually turned out to be, you know, it's like 270 bucks for a 40 inch Samsung, like an older one. Right. But yeah, it's, but like it's, it's an older one. All the new ones come with all that. Yeah, you that's, you it's going to get harder and harder and harder. So buy a lot of electrical tape to cover all those little cameras. <laughs> uh, I have a relatively new Samsung. It does not have a camera. I, I will not get a camera in my TV ever. Um, and I was able to uh, shut off the listening features. I, I don't talk to any of my remotes. I don't talk to my TV. I don't talk to anything. I have nothing that is listening to me all the time. So I suggest you turn all that shit off. You know what's in fact, so- I think Samsung just released another notice saying, uh, don't talk about your personal private information in front of our TVs. This is so insane because remember the old days when this is what we were trying to build? I mean, oh, it's yeah. like we wanted yeah. cameras everywhere. We wanted all this stuff. We and wanted just, voice recognition. That was like a, the holy grail, getting decent voice recognition. Yeah. And it just even just mo-blogging. Remember mo-blogging? Yep. On my, I, I had it on my sidekick. I wrote Perl scripts so I could take pictures and everything would be connected. And I had webcams when people could watch me coding up, you know, movie websites. I thought it was cool. And now it's just creepy. It's, well, it's now it's so, now so we're it terrified. Yeah. yeah, now we're scared of of who's getting that information and what they're doing with it. So, thank, thank you, Mister Snowden. <laughs> Ruined it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's talk about uh, our government's uh, trying to repair cybersecurity. Uh, <laughs> I know Obama laid out a budget proposal for 2017, which include the SNAP, the Cybersecurity National Action Plan. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> well, it's, you know, it, it begins with this, it's CNAP. Yeah. So I'm like, K-nap. okay, yeah, CNAP, uh, or, you know, nap. <laughs> I'm just thinking it's because they're napping on the job. Yeah. It's a $3.1 billion fund, uh, that will be administered by a chief information security officer for the country who absolutely uh, has zero power to do anything. Yeah. That's a 
part of the big problem. Um, there's a lot of talk about this. There's a link in the show notes to an article uh, off of Slate that gets into some of the nitty-gritty details about what they're doing and some of the problems with it. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we don't even know if this is going to come to be because another president will basically either change it or remove it. So we'll see. Yeah. No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> this is it's one of those lame duck things where he's like trying to do something. I mean, he probably means well, but it's a day late and a dollar short on that one. Totally. Yeah. Oh, and we did have a hack of the week. We need some sort of sound effect for that. Uh, the Hollywood Presbyterian Hospital uh, got a ransomware attack, and uh, they were basically told that uh, if you don't give us uh, $3.4 million in bitcoins, uh, we're going to destroy your computers and all your information. Okay. And so this is the first time I believe that a hospital has been uh, at least a well, that you know of that we know of. Uh, and then uh, the follow up is they paid them off, but only with seventeen hundred dollars in Bitcoin, seventeen thousand dollars or seventeen thousand dollars in Bitcoin. So significantly less money, but uh, it's sad that they did pay them off. Um, that's unfortunate. But well, I'm, uh, no, I'm glad the hackers are open to negotiation. Well, that's true, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, I love the fact that the uh, that they basically came out with a statement saying that patient care has not been compromised in any way. Nope, not the care, just your information. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it it, it was basically uh, what what kind of attack was this? Uh, ransomware. Okay, so they didn't. I mean, they got in, but all they did was actually just encrypt everything, and then they couldn't get to it. Yeah, granted, they could have stolen it, but well, and probably did. I mean, come on. You don't just go in there and not take it. Well, actually, a lot of these people do because it's just a botnet that's set up to automatically go in, try and get into any system that it can get into and just encrypt it with the ransomware because it's it's headless. It's just running. So they're not like, you know, pulling everything back. It's just like, okay, oh, look, I got into a system. It's encrypted. Send me the money. That's it. Send me the money. Send me the money. Uh, Twitter password recovery bug exposes data of 10,000 users, reports ZDNet. Luckily, they were all just bots. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> if, you do, if you do the math on 10,000 users out of all of Twitter users, the mm-hmm. chance that there's like one human in that 10,000 is extremely low. <laughs> yeah, and that human still has an egg for the icon. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, I have over 20 Twitter accounts, but... Jesus. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, I know, it's you. It, well, it's like domains. You just get it to get it and keep it, and then that's it. Yep, there you go. <laughs> I think I have most of the cast of Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> well, how's that turning out for you? I just have them. They're funny. People still tweet at me. Like, I have Midas Mulligan. <laughs> People tweet at me. I'm like, okay, that's funny. That is pretty funny, actually. Oh, man, and in lighter news, husband mm-hmm. learns his wife is pregnant from her Fitbit data. Okay. This was funny. I mean, come on, you got to admit this was funny. Like her heart rate had been going up and up and, you know, was staying above a certain threshold. And he was, he just posted up to, uh, I believe it was Reddit. Yeah. To Reddit. And they said, uh, maybe, maybe she's pregnant. Turns out. Yep. A fellow Reddit user. This is unpleasant, which is a great username. Not as good as, not as good as penis from last week. No, not as good as penis. Uh, Yeah. Actually, that's, that's quite funny. Uh, So most of the world, or at least most of Reddit knew that uh, this woman was pregnant before she did. Yes, and now she has an Instagram handle called Baby Fitbit. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I sense her being in an ad soon. Uh-huh. We'll be right back. Enjoy a word from our sponsors. Comment of the week. A uh, big thanks to Marco 
Mazenzio for his $5 pledge on Patreon. Thank you very much for supporting us on Patreon, our preferred method of support. Thank you very much, Mr. Masenzio. Masenzio. <laughs> we got an iTunes review from Boston Yankee. And this is, a, this is a little bit of a long one, but it's pretty good. Are you worthy of the grumps? Take this simple five-question test. Give yourself one point for each yes. One, are you interested in technology, sci-fi, music, or basically anything interesting? Two, are you a geek or grumpy? Three, do you suspect that while surely there must be good in the world, quote-unquote, they are probably out there? Number four, do you enjoy learning about new technology trends? And finally, number five, do you already guess that you are not worthy because the answer to all interweb machine questions are no? <laughs> Score yourself zero to two points. You are likely running IE5 on Windows 95. Please go back to playing Minesweeper. <laughs> Three to four points. There's hope for you yet. Subscribe now before it's too late. Five points. Welcome, fellow grump. You're still not worthy. Oh, that, that's genius. Thank you. That's one of the greatest comments we've ever gotten. I love it. Thank you, I, Boston Yankee. Yes, thank you, Boston Yankee. And judging from your name, I have a guess that you might be a friend of mine. So I will find out when I go to the bar next time uh, okay. if you, this is who I think it is. Uh, <laughs> but thank you very much. We'll uh, buy, we, buy him a drink if uh, well, he or definitely. she. <laughs> this, 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 gets a, this definitely gets a pint. Uh, five star, another five star for review from MM345678. I hope your password is better than your username. Me too. Uh, great podcast. Got totally hooked after just one episode. You guys are really funny and mostly right on most things. Internet enjoying the show greatly. Good stuff. Thank you. MM three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And mostly, you know, Hey man, mostly is better than most people. So yes. And we would mostly we recommend that you probably use one password <laughs> because I'm guessing that it might be admin one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Uh, uh, you can find us on Twitter at GOG Podcast or at Patreon at patreon.com slash GOG. We have a website at grumpyoldgeeks.com where you can listen to shows, leave feedback, or better yet, ask us questions that we can read on the air. If you have friends, please tell them about the show. And please, if you like the show, drop us an iTunes review. They really do help us out and it'll only take a minute or two. Go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes. It'll take you right there. At the library. I got to uh, spend a lot of time reading in Hawaii. It was wonderful. So I've got, uh, I finished two books. Uh, I finished Glass House by Charles Strauss because I haven't uh, started the library files yet. And there was a request via the, the interwebs. Laundry, the laundry files, not laundry the library files. files. Sorry, it's at the library. I got confused. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed it. Glass House was fantastic. It was a uh, pretty hard sci-fi, but a uh, really intriguing premise. Definitely worth a read. Um, great book. Cool. I will definitely be picking it up. Yeah, I don't want to talk too much about it because it, that'd be massive spoilers. But uh, it was a really good, really good hard sci-fi that made you think a lot about the near uh, current situation and near future. So really good. Uh, and then finally, I also read Calamity, the last of the Reckoner series by Brandon Sanderson, which uh, just came out and I got the I pre-ordered it. So it just magically appeared in my Kindle app. And I was very pleased about that. Um, good end of the series. Oh, good. OK, phew. Yeah. It's, uh, on, yeah it's, it's on my list for next week, but, uh, yeah, I definitely, <laughs> I, I was worried. No, it was, it was fine. I mean, like I've said about his books all along, um, they're a bit easier. Um, they're, they're not terribly challenging and you kind of, kind of, of know, young adult. They're, they're a bit young adulty, but it's, they're comic book. I mean, that's, yeah. they're comic book stories basically. Um, so, you know, going from glass house by, by Strauss to calamity by Sanderson was a bit jarring. 
but I, I got into the flow again immediately just because I enjoyed the story so much. I, I really do like it. Um, it, it. Somewhat predictable ending, but it was a fun journey to get there. Okay. I'll definitely check it out for next week. I am looking forward to it. Yeah. I've been trying to, <clears throat> pardon me, mm-hmm. enjoy this last Ian Tregellis novel. I cannot get into it. Really? I, have, I have put it down three times so far. I've gotten into it and I'm just like, ugh. No, it's it's not it's not engaging me. So I'm gonna have to like take a break and wait for the the mood okay. to hit. But yeah, I'm just like not really digging it. So I got the three body problem by I don't know how to say this person's name. I'm saying Chixin Lu. Uh, close enough. Chixin Lu. I'm saying Chixin Lu. Um, this is a you know it's a famous Chinese sci-fi book that's going around right now. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, the Adam Savage show is going to do a spoiler cast on it next week. So I figured I'd been, might as well grab it. To give me mm-hmm. something to get away from the Tregellis thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The jury's out. I still have about um, 5% to go for the big reveal at the end. Right. But for the most part, I wasn't that impressed with it. I mean, it's interesting. It's it's very physics-based, which is kind of cool. But for the most part, it, it wasn't super well-written. Well, um, it wasn't. It's a translation, yeah, there which is go. a problem. That's especially for science fiction. That can often be problematic. Well, I mean, look at 10Q84. Was it? Yeah. yeah 10Q84. Um, Mirakami. Mm-hmm. And that the, you know, the flowery language definitely kind of was transported into English very well, even though I didn't really care for the story that much because it was well, just weird. He, but he's well known for having an amazingly excellent translator. Like Okay. The, yeah, his translator is beyond ridiculous, and everybody kind of agrees with that, especially people that read uh, and uh, speak both languages that have read both. So okay. um, that's, yeah, this is going to be an issue. So um, I'm actually going to listen to the spoiler cast uh, first to decide if I want to go back and read this. Okay. Um, so. I'm 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 going to pass on the next article that I had, which is kind of, <laughs> it's life uh, imitating art. Uh, but we'll wait for uh, another week. And then after you've had a chance to figure out if you're going to read it or not, then we'll talk about the uh, the link. Um, All right. Throw that in the hopper. I'm going to throw it in the hopper. But yeah, at this point, I'm not really, I'm not going to recommend it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I actually just uh, got the first of the uh, the laundry files. So I'm reading that at the moment anyways. So uh, I will make my decision after I finish the first one. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Until next week. Until next week. Software, apps, and gadgets. Now, we talk about 1Password a lot on this show. We might have mentioned it once or twice. Once or twice. I I really wish we had some way to get some money for that. Well, why would they pay us? We talk about it all the time for free. Exactly. They're listening to the show laughing their asses off. I know, I know. Well, now they recently introduced 1Password for Teams. Uh, which we it's, it's in beta. We're trying to get into it for uh, my work, but now they've got one password for families. Okay. So uh, if you have a family, mm-hmm. <laughs> then go get one password for it. Oh uh, yeah. So you can share your personal passwords with your entire family, which is, you know, sometimes a good thing, sometimes a bad thing. But if you, uh, maybe uh, I think it'd be hit- great if you had a kid, especially a teenage uh, and you wanted to make sure that you kept access to everything. So, yeah. Well, I, I think about the other side, if you get hit by a bus or the beer truck, problem you know right right driving to work you get killed by a beer truck and then your wife can't figure out how to get into your mutual funds and then they lose the house and the kid ends up on the street uh you know i, um, I just going down know, the progression there's, there there's a simple meatware solution to that which is you write down all the passwords and you put that in your uh safe in your house and have you done that yes 
Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, you could print it out probably instead of writing them down. Um, well, you know me. <laughs> That's right, you and your Moleskines. Uh, I got really nice pens for Moji and, you know. Uh, those Moji pens are awesome. Aren't they? Probably, so it makes writing a joy. So uh, remember the thing maker from way back when you were a kid? I mean, like way back. Vaguely, yeah. You basically put goo into molds and then yes. you've got a, you got a little squiggly toy out of it right. and you could kind of, you know, mix and match them and stuff. Well, uh, Mattel is jumping on the 3D printing bad bandwagon and is mm-hmm. going to bring them back. All right. And with a $300 3D printer for kids. That's pretty cool, actually. It's really cool. Uh, the thing I'm starting to think of, well, go ahead. Cause I have a, a second story that leads into this and my thoughts. Okay. <laughs> no, I just watched the video on this. It's on fortune and it looks pretty cool. They're going to have, you know, like, cause there's thing verse out there now for people with 3d printers to go just get CAD files, throw them into their, their maker bot or whatever and make, make gadgets. So they're going to kind of do the same thing with toys, which is kind of cool. It is kind of cool. Um, do you remember being a kid though? Um, did anything that your parents ever got you ever cost $300? Um, <clears throat> well, they didn't buy me the drum set I wanted. Right. They, uh, uh, the Millennium Falcon was $79, and that was the, probably the biggest toy yep. I ever got. I think it was Pretty about 79 pricey. bucks. Yeah, 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 but uh, not $299. Hey, but adjusted for inflation, I think that Millennium Falcon <laughs> would be like $1,200 bucks this, this around now. It's possible. Uh, so there's another little little toy that's out for kids that's rather pricey. This uh, this is at five hundred dollars, um, and I love the headline off of this uh, from Gizmodo: "Rich kids and tiny Tesla Model S ride-ons will now be looking down on you too." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's a little Tesla model for kids. Uh, costs five hundred bucks. Uh, this might be the only Tesla I could ever own. So yeah, I'm making it for definitely. myself. Unfortunately, the uh, it can only support drivers up to eighty-one pounds. So I'm really gonna have to drop some weight. You well, you need to get like four of them. <laughs> <laughs> One for each leg. Two for each leg. Oh, I, you know. <laughs> one for each butt cheek and one for each <laughs> leg. Uh in yeah. the picture of the the grown-up Tesla with the cover on it next to the little baby Tesla with the cover on it is kind of like, oh man. Yeah, it's a bit okay. But you know, hey, there's kids that drive around my neighborhood that have little be- little beamers and stuff but i think those are like you know 150 bucks not 500 yeah, not 500 so but they're going to be using tesla technology in these you can charge it up to the same really expensive thing that you haven't installed in your house yet and, and, but i mean i'm looking at it it's like yeah you've got the same little port you've got the same you got replaceable batteries in it i mean yep. it's kind of cool it I is kind of cool yeah i just wouldn't get it <laughs> yeah uh, i never would have gotten anything like that from my parents no Okay, so a friend of the show, Dr. Teeter, sent me a note about uh, Patreon Uh and their emails, how they're putting in tracking in their emails. Yeah, there's beacons in the emails, apparently. Yeah, so uh, I talked to him on the phone, and I'm like, how did you figure this out? He's like, oh, I found a a Chrome extension called Ugly Email. So if you go to Gmail, it puts a little eye icon next to it to let you know that people are spying on you. Right. Um, And, you know, I... I assumed that this was already there on yeah. every email that goes out because I've done it in, you know, <laughs> pretty much every email platform that I've used. Yeah. And the one thing that I've noticed that um using this plugin, I tried it, and uh MailChimp is the the primary culprit here. Uh MailChimp does this for just about every newsletter that goes out. So I found a ton of newsletters that I get and they've all got it and they all come from MailChimp. Also, MailChimp owns Tiny Letter. So if you use tiny letter and I'm looking at you, Sean Bonner, uh, <laughs> Mr. Talking about that stuff all the time, 
guess what? Yours is being tracked too. But yeah. And uh, who knows? I mean, I don't care. I personally don't care about this because it's like you just want to know open rates. That yeah, I mean, I was about to say anybody that uh, any mass mailing, anybody that does any mailings at all whatsoever, this is all for tracking purposes to see who's opening the emails, what links are they clicking on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just it's big data, and it's not surprising from any marketing perspective. It's no different than Google Analytics, and yeah. everybody's got Google Analytics on their website. So um, yes, and Patreon. But here's the here's what uh, Dr. Teeter said that was disconcerting about Patreon is that they don't put it in their terms of service that they're tracking the emails. Right. So he contacted them and they wrote him back right away and they said, we're going to look into it. Yeah. I mean, uh, they may not have known that MailChimp was doing that. I, I don't know why you wouldn't know that, but okay. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? Okay. I found another one from Gizmodo. Optical data storage squeezes 360 terabytes onto a quartz disc forever. I saw this as well. And first off, the forever should be automatically scratched away from that because probably not. Um, never talking absolutes. <laughs> yeah, never talking absolutes. Uh, it could endure for as long as 13.8 billion years, which isn't forever. Which is not forever. So therefore wrong. Yes. Uh, and the biggest problem, of course, being uh, good luck finding something to read it. Yeah. Because that's always the issue. I still have zip drives around or zip disks around. I couldn't tell you how to find a zip drive anymore. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I I threw away a zip drive because the problem with zip drives was they use SCSI. Uh, you, good luck yeah, finding a machine luck that has a SCSI that. port. Uh, you can't even find a fucking Mac that has a USB port anymore. Uh, to, well, no, I got USB <laughs> oh. ports. I don't have a CD drive, so CDs uh, right, are out yeah. the window. It's yeah, nuts. Um, and this last one, this is, um, I'm going I'm going to throw it out there and just say exactly what this is. It's kit, kit.com. Yes. This is Pinterest for nerds, not for women, for nerds. <laughs> they, uh, you, you make your little kit and you mm -hmm. put all your stuff in it. So I've got an everyday carry kit that I made because that's the, the one that everybody was doing. I've got a books kit with one book in it. Yep. I've got a podcasting kit with all my gear. And it's just a way that you can post your stuff up so people can come and take a look. At, it's, it's an easy, for me, it's an easy way to link to, like people ask me all the time, what do you podcast with? I'm like, oh, here's a link. Go to kit.com slash JPD slash podcasting. Done. Here's an easy way for me to find out what you have in your house. So then I can social engineering follow you on everything. And then I can find out when you go on vacation. And then I can figure out what your password is to get into your uh, Internet of Things enabled uh, door. And then I can steal the things that you posted <laughs> on here. <laughs> well, the fact that I'm a podcaster, people already know <laughs> that I've got shit in my house. Um, uh, I, but, I can't. Uh, yeah, okay. But I mean, here, the know. only reason I'm the only reason I'm actually I, I would like to this. point out, Jason, that you're actually uh, posting this content that they now host. So it's, you could have just made a post on your own website about this. Yes, I could have. But this is a new thing. I'm just trying it out because I need content for the show. The one reason, though, that I, I am actually saying that this exists because I normally wouldn't do this and because mm -hmm. most people don't. One of the things one of the settings in your personal profile is what's your Amazon affiliate ID? I was going to ask that exact question. Do they, do they grab that or do they allow you to get the, uh, the affiliate links? I get the affiliate. Okay. That's so nice. they're posting it. They're hosting it. And, it, uh, well, and all these big, business model that I don't know. Yeah. Me either. They're brand new. I, they're brand I new. The only way that they could make revenue is if they actually grab the affiliates. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was assuming too. But you know, Okay. Well, they won't well, be around in two months. <laughs> yeah. No, they're, they're new. I don't know what the, what the deal, you know what they're probably going to have. They're going to have sponsored kits, you know, so you can go look at uh, yes, yeah. things and like maybe that. A premium level of service that I couldn't possibly tell you what it would be, but yeah. Yeah. Who, who knows? 
and and this is honestly, if these guys didn't, if if, if this isn't just two dudes in a you know <laughs> in a bedroom eating Doritos that made this, that's kind of screwed up because this is really easy to make. It's yeah. really not that hard, but it's it's cute. I mean, they did a good job with it, but it's it's Pinterest for nerds. They you know keep an eye on them. Yep. Okay. Keep an eye on Jason's stuff. Media candy. Kanye West. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know this should have been a moron of the week, but it's media uh, candy. He's already been our moron of the week like three times. I know, but that's why let's keep the tradition going. But anyway, uh, BGR.com. I guess Ooh. that's like some kind of music thing. That you okay. Guys talk about because you're a music guy, right? I'm not aware of the site. Oh, you have? No, it seems to be a catch-all. It's not just tech, entertainment, social, lifestyle, business, deals, podcast. Oh, well, every time I go here, it's all about music. (laughs) Uh, Kanye's decision to make Life of Pablo a title exclusive is backfiring spectacularly. Well, he is uh, one of the artists that has a stake in it, so this is not surprising. Uh, The the fact that title is still kind of around is somewhat surprising. These people have a lot of money to keep keep the disc spinning for a while. It's true. Anyway, yeah, he's uh, the most pirated album on the internet right now. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I suppose, I mean, people do say that if you're into that kind of rap and stuff, it's good. Um, I'm not into it. I don't care. I really just wish society as a whole would stop rewarding people that just managed to get publicity. But okay. Well, I mean, it, <laughs> he's been in the news because he's been insane on Twitter. Yes. $53 million in debt and Give me money, Mark Zuckerberg. Okay, give first me money off, this. He's, yeah. he's actually, it's not debt. Uh, that's the amount of money that he's invested in his own ventures, which is not debt per se. Um, he still could have an incredibly large amount of personal net worth. Um, the give me $1 billion on Twitter is probably not the best way to approach it, um, considering, uh, you know, he's on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, he owns Facebook, uh, not Twitter. Uh, so, so that was oh. stupid. I mean, he's just an idiot. Yeah. So uh, whatever. I'm so sick of him. Here's the, here's, I mean, here's my, my theory about this, right? Mm. He lives with Kim Kardashian and Kris Jenner in the same house right now, right? Yes. This feels so manufactured. It's beyond belief. I don't think that any of this is real. And then you've got the thing with the Puma shoes and the other daughter and all this crap that's going on. This feels so manufactured for just shock value and just to get people talking. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, the monetization that the Kardashians and, and Kanye by by default now um, get from just getting attention is ridiculous to me. So he, it, the album's a loss leader. He knows that. He doesn't give a shit. It's all about publicity, which for some reason or other, again, this is something about society I just don't understand, uh, leads to people somehow spending money on things that involve him and he makes money. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, well, I think he's, I think they're smart. I think they're actually very smart. I don't like it. I don't approve of it, but I think they're fucking smart. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, for some reason, somebody that, uh, are, are a group of people that the majority of human beings on the planet find wretched and horrible and disgusting and a complete waste of time and space, uh, continue to make money hand over fist. So yes, they're obviously smart. <laughs> it's unfortunate, but there you go. There you go. Uh, so we talked about daredevil. And you, yes. you finally came around and you liked Daredevil. Very much you thought there it. was just too much Kung Fu. Uh, well, you, you got to admit. There was a lot of Kung Fu. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like Kung Fu. I'm a Jackie, I, 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 you know, I'm a Jackie Chan fan. Well, fan I, so. I, 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 me too. I liked all that stuff prior to the Matrix and now it's all just special effects. So, well. And quick cuts and blah, 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 blah. Well, not, not in Daredevil. 
That's uh, all. I don't know. It was also dark. I couldn't see half the damn stuff. I'll turn your brightness up. Uh, go go back and watch episode two. No CG in that, and it's all practical, and it's one take. So, Anyways, I enjoyed the show. Yes, so there you go. Um, now, we talked about Pee-wee. Pee-wee's big holiday that's coming back to Netflix a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the trailer. Yeah. It looks really funny. Yeah. <laughs> it actually I, I, looks I, really I, funny. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it, so. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a huge Pee-wee fan, but that looks really like it's going to be really good. And the crazy part is like Paul Rubin's 60 something. Uh, he doesn't look a day older than he was when he did it the first time around. It's, they have it's, to like grab him by his ankles and dip him in makeup to make him look <laughs> that good. Probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it does look pretty good. Um, another trailer actually just came out as well. Uh, well, this is more of a teaser trailer. It's not a full on trailer. The absolutely fabulous movie is coming. Um, and I enjoyed the the brief re-entry into the world and i can't wait for the movie yeah ab fab is one of those shows that uh, like i said i've never seen and oh, man so good dude <laughs> how many seasons were there uh they i think they well typical british sitcom uh they did three originally i believe then they came back for another three like six to seven years later and then they did a christmas special another two years after that it's you know it's just so some, like seven episodes of the show total uh, yeah, there's not that many, dude. You can catch up in like a weekend. Okay, yeah, because, you know, British TV. It's like, oh, we've done a season. That's three episodes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, actually, I believe I have the DVDs for all the original. So I'll let you, uh, next time I see you, I'll just give them to you. Awesome. That'll be great because I, I have a Blu-ray player that will work go. with my new dumb TV. I'm reasonably sure these aren't Blu-ray. No, that's fine. Um. I found a new documentary that I'm really excited to see. It's called Terror. Okay. It's about a guy who is like an, he's an ex black Panther who turned FBI informant. And the documentary talks about how these FBI informants are kind of railroading people into these situations that don't exist to basically get paid. And it is interesting because I did a, an episode of the art of charm with Steve Rombaum. And we talked about these FBI informants who did exactly this, but they did it with uh, scam artists and things ah. like that. And they would get people to be like fraudsters. And now they've changed from fraudsters to terrorists because it gives them, it gives the FBI easy win. So this documentary, it's like, okay, we're, we're going to go on an FBI sting for a terrorist, but we're not going to tell the FBI we're bringing a camera crew. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It looks really good. The trailer looks really good. It is going to be out. I believe it's on the 22nd, which is Monday on PBS here in the States. So it's won a ton of awards because uh, it came out last year and it's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to this. So I would recommend checking it out and then maybe we can talk about it next week on the show. That means I have to watch it. Okay. Of course. All right. I'm giving you homework. Great. Hey, you're giving me AbFab. I'm giving you terror. <laughs> I think, I, I think that kind of sums up our relationship. Pretty much, yeah. I'd much rather have the ab fab. It's funny and nice. Speaking of fab, okay. uh, my old friend. Wow. Tell me that was not a good one. Exactly. My buddy nice. Fab Morvan from uh, Millie Vanilli, who now lives in uh, the Netherlands, mm-hmm. got a job for KFC in the Netherlands. Okay. It's a really cool little mini documentary that's tongue in cheek. It's pretty funny. He takes the piss out of himself, which he always does. Um, but it just talks about his journey. It's like two and a half minutes long, but it's on the homepage of kfc.nl. And I, I, I don't know how I came across this. I, it came across my radar and I'm like, Oh my God, Fab's still doing stuff out in, in Europe. Cause I knew he moved back, but, uh, he's looking good. He can sing his ass off. Don't, don't discount his singing, but it's fun. It's fun. 
Okay. KFC. Mm, yum. <laughs> In the Netherlands, no less. I suppose it's good stoner food. All right. Yeah. Uh, you sent me an article uh, throughout, during the week about the uh, MLB blackout rules and the class action lawsuit that was just settled, uh, I believe, on Tuesday, uh, where the league reached an agreement to basically stop their crappy blackout stuff if you bought into their uh, their MLB packages. Yeah, this comes from friend of the show, Jason Bryant, who is yeah. a, a wrestling podcaster, not not pro wrestling, like you pay for the seat. You only need the edge kind of wrestling, but like college wrestling He's a good guy. OK, cool. Yeah, I mean, this was an interesting article. It's just pointing to I believe I did make the prediction that this would be the year of unbundling. Uh, this is a beginning of that uh, to a certain extent. So MLB, if you buy into their package now, uh, they can't screw you on uh, not getting your local team's games. And you can basically buy into just seeing your team's games. Uh, There's single team packages now instead of having to pay for the full package, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, very good for the consumer. Um, it makes sense at the MLB level because they're making their money no matter what. Um, the whole thing when this gets to cable, because we've kind of talked a little bit about the finances on that before and that the larger, uh, you know, the, the, the networks that get larger ad revenue and share kind of fund the crappier, weirder stations or maybe even not crappier, just more niche stations that don't get that kind of money, uh, which is where unbundling gets dangerous in that realm. But as far as baseball goes, this makes total sense. They're making money no matter what. And the price difference is not that significant. I mean, $110 for the full package versus just paying $85 for your own team. Come on. Mm -hmm. Still a lot of money. Uh, so that is a uh, step one and story one about the great unbundling that I see happening this year. <laughs> okay. uh, the, the second one is the FCC just voted to break the chains binding you to your cable box, uh, basically meaning that no matter what, you should be able to get a third party box that will run whatever cable service that you are tied to. So you don't have to use the ones that they provide or that they specify anymore. Um, interesting. Meaning, That's actually yeah, really interesting. This is really interesting because this means that basically in theory, uh, Apple, I will be able to use my Apple TV and be able to plug cable into it and just use that from now on instead of using any cable box, which then opens up different app situations for uh, for broadcast cable. This, it could be potentially a massive game changer for what cable is. Yeah, because, you know, right now I'm looking at my cable modem, Yeah, you know, and up until not too long ago, you had to, you know, rent the modem from them. That was yeah. always the thing. I spent a lot of money and bought this cable modem which yeah. actually is faster than the one that they were going to sell me for the same, same package. Yeah. And I did the math on it and I'm like 18 months. So I, I signed a two year contract and if I'm, I'm actually saving money by buying it myself and then I own it and I can take it wherever I go and it's, it's rated up to 500 megabits. Right. So a two year contract, 18 months was what the rental would have cost. You know, if you do the math on these things, it works out better if you just buy it and own it yourself because they do have longer legs than what they're going to sell you. Yes, but the problem being with that is that the cable companies would then often switch up different ways and then all of a sudden you, you would find the one that you bought is no longer compatible with their service. Uh, this is lawsuit is basically saying you can never fucking do that again. That's great, yeah. Yeah, so everything has to be compatible. You have to you be able to use third-party services. And again, like I said, this could potentially be a massive game changer because we are seeing um, these boxes that we use are becoming smart boxes like Apple TV. So there's a whole different paradigm that could come into play here. So I'm all for this. I think this is interesting. I wonder we'll if this would maybe resurrect TiVo from the dead. Uh, I mean, started, they're still around. They're, they're still, still around. around. I'm even seeing, you know, there's commercials that they're starting to run again. So I think that they're trying to claw their way back a little bit. But this, this would be a big 
boon for them because obviously they've always had a great interface and all that sort of thing. So if that becomes your major set-top box now and that becomes your cable guide and everything like that, that's a great opening for them. No, totally. I mean, I'm, I've got DirecTV and yeah. uh, I love DirecTV. They do the best job, I think, of the interface and all that stuff, but it's still nowhere near as good as a TiVo. TiVo yeah. really knocked it out of the park, what, over a decade ago? Yeah, I mean, I had TiVo for a long time. I, I finally stopped with it because it was silly and, you know, DVRs were built in and I was having to rent it from the cable company anyways, just like we were talking about. So, but uh, uh, TiVo has always had by far the best interface. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, and I totally miss it. They nail it on that. The problem that they had was the business model, which is the subscription. Yeah, You exactly. always had to pay extra for their subscription just to get your your guide. Yeah, I like, had a lifetime one on my old box, but it wasn't HD. Yeah, and it transfers so, with the box. It, it's not transferable to a new box, which was always a flaw. Yes, exactly. So, you know, there's a, there's a chance here for them. But I would, uh, if you're listening, TiVo, do the lifetime subscription. Yeah, just out of the gate. It's a loss leader for you. Yep. Come on. Um, speaking of loss. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. I got an email this morning from Zane Lamprey, and he's talking uh, so about his, his new show. Uh, one sentence killed the show for me. Let's I hear will never it. watch this. This show is about travel adventure and having fun with my lovely wife, Mel. Yep. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> uh, these are home movies. I watched a couple of them. They're home movies. Mel is adorable. She's very cute. She's pretty funny, but they're still home movies. There's no, it's, there's no story behind this. It's, yeah, it's them doing, it's them with a, you know, their iPhones yeah. doing road trips. Yeah, and I'm really only interested in him and his take on booze. That's always been the thing that I've really liked. Um, and uh, yeah, the, I mean, I get, uh, anyways, no, I'm not going to be watching this. No. And it's only on YouTube, obviously, because. Oh, it's on Facebook too. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah, so I do have one actual podcast recommendation that I found a couple weeks ago that I've been really loving. It's called the CyberWire Podcast. Um, if you're into the security stuff that we always talk about, these guys do a daily wrap up and have really good news. And it's a really good format, really professional, like not, not the crap that like we put like out. We do. <laughs> yeah. No, this sounds like it could be on, on, you know, CNN. That's good. All right. I highly I, recommend it. I will have to take a look. Well, you'd probably want to listen, not look. Well, you know what I mean? And we'll be right back. But now, a word from our sponsors. Ooh, fancy! Fancy! Ooh, fancy! As depressed as we always get about technology, um, particularly when we talk about uh, anything coming out of Silicon Valley, like the latest app that solves a problem that didn't exist. Oh, hey, somebody's going to come pick up my laundry and do it for me. Great. <laughs> Dude, no, no, no. They're going to send you quarters so you can go do your own laundry. <laughs> Oh, I wonder what ever happened to those guys. They closed. No. <laughs> Big surprise. <laughs> yeah, the problem with that, though, is like somebody probably, like the founder probably still is living off the uh, the venture capitalism, capital he got from it, which is, he should be shot dead. Okay, anyways, uh, that being the problem, here is the solution. Here is why we like technology and why we got into it in the first place. This is on futurism.com. It is the Duke uh, School of Medicine showing augmented humans. Technology is changing lives. Um, you want to feel good about where the world is headed instead of feeling bad like you do after our security segments. Uh, watch this two-minute and 31-second video. No, tear fell up out my eye for some of them. And, and, and I knew some of them from Some before. of them have been viral before, like the woman who heard for the first exactly. time. Exactly. That, yeah, um, that one. Yeah. 
No, it's definitely it's a tearjerker because it's it's so cool, you know. Yeah, and, and this is what we could be doing with our tech. So yeah, but we, dude, we we do not have a prosthetic leg to stand on here because you and I worked in entertainment. Come on. Yeah, I know. I've been trying to get out of that. Back in college, one of my favorite pieces of art was Hieronymus Bosch's Garden of Earthly Delights, which, of course, I purchased my freshman year in college and immediately put in a crappy $3 plastic frame and put up in my room. Um, it's a great piece of artwork, which I totally you know, destroyed. How and, did you destroy it? I don't know. It got moved around so many times and then beer was spilled on it. You know, the college stuff. So. Okay. <laughs> it's not like I had the original, Jason. This was a print. No, I figured that. <laughs> I figured this was, you probably got this at uh, what? Uh, what Hot Topic? Uh, no, no Spen a, it was Spencer's gifts back Spencer's then. Spencer's gifts back yeah. then. Yeah, Hot Topic <laughs> probably would have probably carries T-shirts that are made out of this these days. Absolutely. Um, but uh, this is the web's not dead, and and uh, somebody has done a very nice annotated and interactive uh, ex exploration of the artwork, uh, so you can zero in on the trumpets coming out of people's butts and things of that nature. Um, fantastic! This is really cool. This is what the web was made for, and it also comes from the Netherlands. We have two Netherlands stories today. That's pretty I know. Cool. I'm going to go have some fries with mayonnaise. I was actually watching this this morning, and it's really cool. I didn't know that. I, I mean, I've seen the the piece obviously, mm -hmm. but I didn't know that much about it. So I'm going to go back and watch the whole thing because it is pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's quite, it's very well done. It's very cool. And it's a super interesting piece of art, even if you're not particularly into the dark stuff like I am. Are you kidding me? Loving. Now I've seen all of the asteroid movies, including the ones with, you know, Bruce Willis, which was oh god those movies were horrible they're great absolutely like, great deep impact i, like, I worked on and I, I like deep impact armageddon is my favorite though hands down my favorite because it is so cheesy you know it is the it, it is con air of space what about right? space cowboys you know i didn't get into that one i saw I, I i basically caught the end of it and i'm like i don't need to go back and watch the beginning of this one Okay. Did we run the gamut of all the major asteroid movies that came out around that period of time then? Could the, be. It was those three, I believe. I, yeah. think, I think we're good with that now. Okay. Um, but Russia is now wanting to test their ballistic missiles on asteroids. And after seeing Armageddon mm -hmm. and showing what would happen if a nuclear missile actually hit an asteroid and turn it into lots of little asteroids that are still big enough to cause a metric shit ton of damage, um, this seems like a bad idea. Well, it's good to want things. Yes. Because that's all they said is they want to test improved ballistic missiles on the asteroid. Uh, I, I'd imagine there's some technological hurdles involved in that, which makes it uh, still just a want, not a going to. Um, I have related <laughs> news to that, <laughs> which gives me a little worry. Uh, the director of Star Wars Episode Nine uh, wants to shoot at in outer space. Okay. I, I guess you've seen that OK Go video. Yeah. Uh, uh, what is this guy? Nobody, nobody told him that wasn't in outer space, though. Colin Trevorrow, who also directed Jurassic World, which also worries me because he will be directing Star Wars Episode Nine, uh, basically said, I would like, I would want to be able to shoot it in outer space for the movie. Mm, yeah. Okay. Good luck with that. Interesting. But, you know, I, I want a million dollars. There are many things that I want. Mm -hmm. I would like to take a poop on the moon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, uh, 
Virgin Galactic has finally finished rebuilding Spaceship Two. So maybe he can get get a you know a seat on that. I don't know how he would film in it because it's kind of tiny, but you know, you yeah. never know. Well, I mean, he's got to get the camera out. I, I yeah, this is not going to happen. No, there's no way. I mean, <laughs> where's he going to go? Did he go to the International Space Station and film? That this makes no sense. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to let him up just to shoot a movie. And speaking of no sense, mm-hmm. I have been <laughs> I have been bouncing around ProductHunt.com. Mm. Why do you do that to yourself? Oh my god, it's it's like comedy. It is honestly. I mean, you you have to go start hanging out there because this is everything we make fun of. I know there are so many stupid things on there that it boggles the mind, but they do have a podcast section now. So we're in that. Um, oh, thanks for putting us in there. Sure thing. If you're on product hunt, feel free to uh, upvote grumpy old geeks on product hunt, but we're going to tear it apart every now and again. I found a new one called splend. This like is Splenda? almost without the a. So it, okay. this could be Splenda for web 2.0. <laughs> they dropped a vowel. Um, no, this is an Australian service that says, mm-hmm. If you're broke and can't afford a car, we're going to rent you a car. So then you can pay it back by driving for Uber. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Come on, man. That's great. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Wasn't Uber trying to do that themselves? They were going to do, and then they basically got told by the government, don't you fucking dare. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, They were going to sell you a car that you had to pay back by working by by driving for them. Yeah. You know, that's called indentured servitude. And we got rid of that in the 1800s. I'm pretty sure. Wow. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I suppose there are different rules in Australia. I will talk to my friend in Australia about this and see what the fuck is going on. Um, You get to use the car 24 seven for personal, you know, personal errands, uh, pleasure or leisure. And also to work your ass off to pay it back. It's, yeah, it's, it's, if, if you want a second job, if you have a job, you have to go watch the how it works video because it's basically talking about a guy who's a waiter whose car's busted and he's not making enough money to pay the rent. And they're like, well, we can help. Well, Jason, your car's broke. <laughs> yeah. My car is definitely broke. <laughs> I should move to Australia. <laughs> yeah. Right, you can get your splint, which is using their wonderful. This is a web 2.0 app bullshit template for their website. And, and you have to watch the video because on all of the driving that they do, they're mm-hmm. driving down the middle of the road. Now I know in Australia, they're supposed to drive on the wrong side of the road. Oh, like pole position style, which is how I thought you would drive when I was seven years old, because exactly. that's how you drove on every video game. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Now they're driving down the middle of the road in all of them. I'm like, okay, well maybe they've got some kind of insurance scam going. <laughs> they just want people to drive down the middle of the road, get in accidents, and and oh, and they 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 cover your insurance too. Well, that's a, it's a it's a subtle attempt to get you to crash your splend, so you have to get a second splend to pay off the first splend. <laughs> How splendid is that? Closing shout out. Now we've talked about some sad things on the show the past couple of weeks, and unfortunately, we have to uh, keep that ball rolling. I want to have a hearty condolence to really good friend of the show MXV, who whose dad lost his fight to cancer yesterday. We're thinking of you, buddy. Uh, yep. Just be strong. Yeah, sorry, man. Um, and <laughs> wow, twenty sixteen is just sucking. Um, Harper Lee, who passed away this morning, um, and a friend of the show and personal friend of mine, Paul Gordon, uh, who uh, was a side guy. He played uh, keyboards and guitar for B-52s, the Goo Goo Dolls, a bunch of other bands. Uh, He passed away yesterday. Very, very young. Shit, man. Yeah, sorry, man. I didn't know you knew him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's a pretty good friend of mine. So, yeah. So that's that's two personal friends this year, uh, in addition to the uh, large amount of uh, various uh, celebrities and public figures. Wow, I don't know what the hell's going on this year. 
Everybody be careful. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) I'd personally like it if uh, none of my friends died anymore this year. Just keep living. That would be fantastic. Yeah, and we're not going to name any names Uh, because we know we have the power. No (laughs) names uh, anymore. Bieber. Bieber. Yeah. Um, So on a lighter note, uh, shout out to the Pope. Damn it. Because uh, the Pope has uh, said contraception is okay by him for women in Zika countries. So that's a little opening to uh, go ahead and use a condom because it's 2016. Yeah, seriously. So thanks, Pope. Uh, And in the lightest of light notes, uh, I've talked a lot about the band Lush, one of my favorite bands from the 90s, from the shoegazing scene that uh, I've talked about how they're coming back and doing a reunion tour. And uh, like many bands do, but unlike many bands, they've actually wrote a new EP and the very first song and video uh, from that came out this morning. And it's good. Oh, good. Yes. uh, (laughs) There's a collective sigh of relief from me and my friends that the song is actually quite good. So awesome. Yeah. Well done, Lush. And I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, in April. It'll be fantastic. Yeah. No, I really, really like them. And I'm glad that you say it's good. I won't be going to the show, but uh, I will be listening to the song. Yes. So, uh, yeah. I think we almost kind of came out of the bad news with a happy ending. Yes. On that note, thanks for listening. I'm Jason DeFilippo, and you can check me out at jpd.me. And I'm Brian Schulmeister, and you can follow me on Twitter at SlenderFungus. Until next time. Grumpy Old Geese is a partially fan-supported show. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG. We really appreciate your support. If you don't want to or can't donate but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and leave us a few words and five-star rating or tell a friend about the show. Intro music for the show is provided by the band Among Us. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and Apple Music. Or you can donate through the Grumpy Old Geeks Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG to get 10 exclusive tracks. Outro music for the show is provided by Andy Swachansky. You can follow Andy at twitter.com slash houseofandy. He's also on SoundCloud at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash Andy. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 148. Seriously, people, stop dying.